Suppose there is a universal mind controlling everything, a God willing the behavior of every subatomic particle. Now, every particle has an antiparticle. Its mirror image is negative side. Maybe this universal mind resides in the mirror image instead of in our universe as we wanted to believe. Maybe he's anti-God, bringing darkness instead of light. Why weren't we told the truth? <laughs> Without the technology to confirm, it would have been another legend. But he was our prisoner, not yours. We had a responsibility to warn the rest of the world. Only the corrupt I listen to now. It's me. You, you, you hear what I'm telling you? In my mind, I created it. The future, I created it, and it's real. Don't you understand? Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I am your host, Leslie Lee III, and as always, I am joined by the host of Jack AM, a real-life Ghostbuster, Jack Allison. Thank you so much. Wow, yeah, glad to be here. Um, yeah, excited to, to, to talk about some, some scary movies, as we, as we do every October. Yeah, scary movies, scary books, scary video games, scary comics, all sorts of scary business. Now, uh, this is, uh, people may have noticed we are getting spooky season started a little bit late because, mm -hmm. first of all, I mean, really, it, it, starting watching the horror movies on October 1st on the dot seems a little corporate to me. Because it's like <laughs> you're trying to start, you, they want you in there on October 1st. Yeah. And then, because they want you out, out the door on October 31st. To the corny holidays, you know, Thanksgiving, yes. and Christmas. You know, we're saying we're saying yes, you're getting this on the eighth or the tenth, uh, but uh, you know, keep going even. Yeah, you know, go into November a little bit. Keep watching some score, some scary stuff. You're gonna let all the fucking suits tell you when October is. That's what you're gonna do. You're gonna let the suits tell you when October is. That's pathetic. Oh hell no! But the real reason—the uh, real reason why uh, it, uh, we took a little bit extra time with this one—is because we're part of a network now. We had to—we moved our feeds over from the Van Labs Buzzcast uh, feed. But thank you so much uh, to Van for being yes. such a wonderful uh, host. But we are a part of Blue Wire Podcast now, so that's how you're listening to us now. Wow. To, to, thanks to the technology from the folks over at Blue Wire, um, you are uh, able to hear our wonderful voices. Thanks, Blue Wire. Yeah, yeah. They got that nice, crisp, you know, like compression, like MP3 compression over there. I oh, thought, yeah. it's, it's really beautiful, really high fidelity. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, uh, onward and upward. Yes. But also, you, you may be checking us out on the Struggle Session Plus feed patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh, uh, sesh plus or struggle session dot .com. you can get all our episodes uh public with, without any ads and all our bonus episodes and we had a couple of really good bonus episodes this week we had uh jack and i watched the star wars anime star wars uh mm -hmm. visions I was not uh, that big a fan of it. To be fair, I did not watch all of it. Uh, I, I wasn't Jack the biggest fan of it either. Yeah, it was. It's it's an interesting one. It's it almost well, not to spoil the episode for people who haven't listened, but it almost just made me feel like I I don't care about anything Star Wars anymore. <laughs> and Brian and I did another wrestling uh, bonus episode. I hope people are enjoying the wrestling bo bonuses and like don't think we're turning into a wrestling show. Those are both. Those are th that's extra content for our wrestling heads but actually a lot of people have been saying to me like they don't watch wrestling but they still like hearing us talk about it and this time we talked about bad wrestling we talked about wwe 
And Jack, I gotta tell you, talking about bad stuff is pretty fun. It's and more so, fun than you it, know. It's like I, I've been trying to like you know. It, it is. It just is more <laughs> fun to be like this stinks. <laughs> so the bad thing that we got to crack on Jack this time, and th- this does tie in with our Halloween theme. This guy called uh, the demon. He's called a wrestler called the demon, and he's mm-hmm. literally supposed to be a demon. This is in mm-hmm. WWE. Uh, he's supposed to literally be a demon. He's actually just like some skinny guy named Fergal. He's really, sure. really great wrestler, great guy, but he is just kind of a, a smaller uh, for a wrestler guy. And he puts on this body paint, which originally he used to put on body paint of like Venom and like the Joker because he's a nerd. But WWE just saw this and were like, we're going to tell fans that he's actually an unkillable demon when really he was just doing like cosplay. And the <laughs> the fight, the match was, he was in the title match and was supposed to be, and he's a literal demon and he like comes back from the dead in the middle of the match. Like the lights are going off and crazy. But the end of the match, he goes up to the top row to deliver the double stomp for the, for the finisher. And the ring collapses under his weight, which is, Give or take 190 pounds. The same <laughs> ring that held, you know, the big show Paul White collapsed. Uh, so that was really fun uh, to crack on with Brian from Street Fight. Very uh, cool. So check that out on the bonus feed. Even if you don't like wrestling, I think you'll have a little bit of fun with that. Good times. All right. Now on to our episode. I'm, I'm very glad we had this delay because the first two things I'm going to talk about, we wouldn't have had on the list uh, if we wouldn't have waited a few days. First, I mean, if we're talking about horror, the biggest spooky news in all the goddamn world, we know who the Zodiac Killer is now. So they say, but yeah, the case breakers are on the case. The The case breakers. Jack, I have been trying to preach you the gospel of mind hunting. You've been skeptical (laughs) at every turn. You gotta put your faith in the mind hunters. They are the only good cops because they're not actually cops. <laughs> they're 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 really psychics, right? Mind hunters <laughs> yeah. are more psychics than they are cops. Yeah, they get a special bond with the killer. They get into these sickos' heads, and apparently, this guy Gary Francis Post. Um, they have some like. Look, I'll say right now, when it comes to these true crime revelations, there's been a lot of ones that seem very iffy. This seems one of the stronger ones to me, but mm-hmm. you can make like a lot of strong cases for a lot of people. I mean, like this is what cops do. They have they put people in jail for murders that they didn't do all the time, right? So like, right. and they are able to convince like a jury and a judge of this. So it's you can conv- like the case. It is most as most cases are are circumstantial, but we it. It seemed to me like it might be the key. And Didn't it, people like, say that like his the like the 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 codec or whatever the the like you know the 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 codes the code phrases were like unlocked by knowing his name or something? Yes, yes. And this was something that was they were talking about a, a few months ago that they had unlocked the Zodiac key and the story had come out, but they didn't say anything about suspect suspect. But I had heard for a while. That uh, from the like FBI profile, the retired ones that they had like a strong suspect for the Zodiac. They just weren't going to say anything. And so this is something that you know they're they're just coming out with now, but they might have known uh, for a little bit. E- even though it's kind of funny because he did just die like three years ago. Like did they right. know why he was still? But I digress. But yeah, so it seems like they may have really cracked the code. So it's a great time to go back and check out David Fincher's Zodiac. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. You know, they need to make a sequel. It's time to time to bring out the <laughs> Zodiac sequel. too. Uh, it will be all podcasters. <laughs> it will be, <all> <laughs> <laughs> be all these little podcasters and retired detectives just sitting around like on the internet looking at stuff. Yeah, Zodiac's a fun one. Zodiac's a fairly, you know, it's a it, I I yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's an it's a good sort of David Fincher horror kind of you know uh, in the vein of Seven or something. You know I, I've always been cold on it really, but I think maybe watching it now I might actually like it. I a mean I was more. trying to be nice because I I've always felt like yeah it's a lesser Seven, but I guess maybe you're right that like with the news being out there and you know I think they just need to add an addendum or you yes. know <laughs> do a special edition or something like that. 
Jake Gyllenhaal still looks good. Just like shoot some more scenes. Just shoot an extra scene and add it to the movie. Like do a patch. <laughs> do Zodiac one point one or one point one one like Eva, like Ava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next thing, big thing. This is personal, uh, which I wouldn't have been able to talk about because I didn't know about it until yesterday. But a major, a major motion picture uh, documentary features me, Jack. What? Did you, did you know about this? No, I am a talking this? head in a real deal wow. documentary. Uh, it's called Exegesis uh, Lovecraft. <laughs> and man, I, 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 it was, uh, I, ta- I, I guess it was maybe, uh, you know, six or seven months ago, I had a conversation uh, with the director, uh, uh, Kes, and, uh, Kes Pasha, and he's been making this documentary. Uh, the Canadian government's been helping fund it. It looks beautiful. It actually wow. has really great cinematography. And like I'm in it as like a talking hit talking about Lovecraft and wow. some of the things I talk oh, about on Struggle Session. <laughs> so uh, that was a really like great uh, moment for me. I'm Hell yeah. So really you're, excited. you're in a movie this year. Yeah, and it's uh, it, and it seems like a really interesting documentary for, but it is for the hardcore Lovecraft heads. Now, this is like a very, very, uh, you know, academic deep dive into the man, um, his work, and all the things. A lot of the things we talked about on our Lovecraft Country uh, podcast, uh, I, I thought it was really interesting. I, I'm actually a little bit nervous to watch it all the way through. I've watched, <laughs> you know, I've watched here and there, but it looks like a very, very good movie for the Lovecraft fans and that's playing at like uh, starting to play at festivals like now cool. so like if you like google like horror movie festival like it's at some of them um, I think they're it's starting this weekend I think the HP Lovecraft uh, festival uh, and you can just watch it and I, like I'm just so very honored. cool yeah that's really wild that's very cool congratulations and uh, yeah I'll try to check it out yeah thank you and another movie hidden the festival circuit that everyone's going crazy for Tatane. Tatane. Tatane, yes. I've heard about this one. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but this is a body horror movie? What? what tell me about Tatane. So I, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard lots of good things. It's by the director of Raw, uh, Julia Ducourneau. Oh, it's the uh, Raw director. Okay, Raw, Raw, dire- Raw was pretty good, too. Yeah, I've heard lots of good things. It's about this uh, female serial killer who's going around just murking people in brutal ways that you don't understand. The trailer just looks bonkers. Beautiful visual style. I'm really excited to see it, and hopefully you can. And it, this is playing in theaters uh, around the country, so check your uh, listings. You might be able to see it. Very cool. Yeah, I, I know it's playing around here. I definitely want to try to catch it. Yeah. Next up, this is uh, one I, I had forgotten existed for uh, maybe 10 to 15 years, but it was very formative uh, to me as a lover of horror. It might be the... F- first horror movie i remember like begging to watch and it's uh-huh. a movie i remember I, I remember it so vividly i was five i was five about to turn six and what i asked for for my birthday was to see the movie killer clowns from outer space oh. for my because he was playing the previews on pay-per-view i think back then they used to preview the movies like a month ahead of time so i would watch the preview shadows like non-stop and like a moment like watch the trailer for killer clowns from outer space like 20 times a day for like a month until it came out it finally comes out and i i, I remember i didn't know really that it was a horror movie i thought they were more like the ninja turtles because they're like colorful and they're like different you know sizes and they seem to have like different abilities and stuff so i thought it was gonna be more like you know like a saturday morning cartoon thing but instead it's like like a horror movie yeah it's a legit horror movie they're like they like kill kids and like slurp their blood and cocoon them it's quite like creepy uh in fact but i i remember my, my parents taped it and i just watched it over and over and over again. I was like five turning six. six yeah. It, it was made by these guys, the Kyoto Brothers, who are big uh, stop motion animation guys. Uh, they did a whole they've done a whole bunch of like stop motion sequences for other movies. But like, oh, cool. And they, they're these, you know, great sort of like visual effects guys that build real models and all this kind of stuff. And so Killer Clowns was like their big you know, we're going all the way for our movie kind of thing, which is why Killer Clowns like is one of those movies that that's like you watch it and you're like, well, this is like 
better than it needs to be. Yeah, like, it really it's is. It's way cooler and better than it needs to be. What the hell's going on here? It's because it was these guys like, you know, oh, this is, we're going to do our thing for the for the first time. Yeah, it really kind of sets you up for, if like that's, that was like my first B movie, it kind of sets you up for a disappointment with yeah. effects for like other movies. Yeah, exactly, like, because it's actually very, it's very solid and all the, like the clowns are very cool looking and they're great, like, you know, like, great you know uh, uh, like practical models and these very cool designs like yeah most b movies look like shit compared to killer clowns yeah all right and up next this is a movie that i've been trying to tell people about and i feel like a lot more people a lot of people have been trying to tell people about this slumber party massacre hmm. this is you know a. Uh, you probably seen it on the shelf. You probably passed over because you think, oh, it's just you know another generic, sexist slash a horror movie from the uh, late seventies, early eighties. Not really worth the time when there's Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth. Couldn't be more wrong. It mm. is maybe the best of all the slasher movies. It was originally written as a parody of slasher movies by a feminist academic. But then it, it when it by the time it like actually got filmed by another feminist, huh. they filmed it straight. They filmed it straight. So it has like I feel like a lot of times parodies like do the genre as well as the like actual serious uh -huh. stuff. I think we talked about this when we talked about uh, scary movie and scream scary movie actually had a bigger budget than scream did right and yeah. when you compare the scenes one to one the effects in scary movie are like bigger and they better are sometimes. like it's a more polished looking big budget movie in scary movie very yeah. funny yeah so slumber party massacre starts out as this parody but it plays it straight and it's just a magnificent movie i really really wow i'm gonna try to recommend it looks cool it. yeah and the sequel is very very uh good too cool uh, all right all right, and speaking of sequels, Hellraiser two, Halloween is Hellraiser to me. It, wow, like, there's no disconnect for me. If I'm not watching Hellraiser, it's not, it's not spooky season. It's not Halloween. Okay. Yeah, I Leslie have never watched any Hellraiser. Now we got to fix sticks. We got. That's fix not to it. say that I don't find the pinhead guy frightening. And when I was a kid, like when I was a kid, I feel like Hellraiser. To me, when I saw it at Blockbuster, looked like the Necronomicon. Like yes. it looked actually like too scary to watch. I <laughs> I had the exact same feeling, but I watched it anyway, Jack. I watched it anyway. I remember it made me feel weird and dirty. Like what is going on? Like this, my my because my older brother he was really into Clive Barker. He would read Clive Barker, and Clive mm -hmm. Barker put out like three or four movies around that mid nineties. Uh, early 90s period he was you just his name was out in the ringing in the streets uh, as they say and uh, yeah hellraiser it's always been something i've been fascinated by since i was a child and then when i was adult i you know actually watch it as a adult. i'm like wow these are some really really good really fucked up really dark movies full of like interesting ideas and characters and they're not really horrors they're like mm. romances and it's just so uh, so fun it's a fun series most of the entries are actually pretty good even the ones that everybody say, says are bad even one of the ones with the fake pinhead they're actually like fairly decent horror movies uh just because they they put a, a bit of thought uh, into the storytelling because it's not always the same thing over and over again because it's not really meant to be a slasher. Okay, cool. I gotta check him out. Actually, I, I, you know, as as I saw it on this list, I was like, damn, I never never dug into Hellraiser. Now I have down. I do want to address the news. They are they're doing a new uh new Hellraiser series for Hulu. Uh huh. And they're having Pinhead and they've cast Pinhead as a woman. And now, of course, the Chuds are complaining for the Chud complaints. Yeah. My complaint about this is that Pinhead was like, was Doug, Doug Bradley, okay? Hellraiser and the Xenobites and the larger world, and you'll see this when you watch the movies, Jack, is so much bigger than like Pinhead, right? It, he's not even the prime, the antagonist in the first mm -hmm. two movies if, when you actually watch the movies. He's like a sec, he's just like a secondary force out there. So the focus on Pinhead and making a new Pinhead and casting a new Pinhead, it doesn't do the actors any favors who are trying to, you know, recapture this magic and also like the nature of the 
stories of Hellraiser is that you don't have to have the same like monsters. These monsters can be anybody, any anytime, any place. You can change it, change it up. So the focus on Pinhead again mm. kind of just makes me think that oh, they're not really trying to play with this story. They're kind of just trying doing to like Pinhead. They're just doing Pinhead. Yeah, speaking of TV series, Leslie, I'm excited for the upcoming Chucky TV series, oh. which picks up like right from it seems it picks up like right where the dense continuity of the Chucky movies left off. The Chucky movies have a very dense and specific continuity, and it appears the TV show, which is done by Don Mancini, who is like the guy who created Chucky and wrote all the uh, good ones, not the remake. The remake doesn't count. Of the reboot one, uh, but the TV series, I guess, is going to pick up right where uh, Cult of Chucky left off. I, I like that. I saw Jennifer Tilly on um, Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, and she had like a Chucky tiara, and I thought, it was, oh, it's cool that she's wearing this uh, thing for no, that she's old back. movie. Oh, she's back. Love Jennifer she's Tilly. She's in it. Yeah, no, Love there's Jennifer uh, Tilly. Uh, yeah, Tiffany is back. You know, Chucky's back. We'll see. You know, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. All right, now moving on. Another great underrated sequel, Exorcist Three. People, if you love if you love horror, if you love thrillers, like this might be the best one. If you like, if you you think you like Seven, you might love Exorcist uh, Three. Hmm. Absolutely amazing film. Sadly, and this is going to break a lot of people's hearts. We're never actually going to see the full cut of it because the studio fucked with it a lot. Uh, it was actually directed uh, by uh, the writer and creator uh, of, of The Exorcist. He uh, uh, he wrote the sequel, uh, Legion, uh, Blatty did, William Peter Blatty. He wrote the sequel, didn't really want to, um, and then he f- ended up filming it as Exorcist 3. But the, the studio fucked with him, uh, but all the footage ended up like not being preserved. Uh, mm. So we can never get really a full wow. version of it. But the version that we have, man, it's really like incredible and like for a really like brutal and violent horror movie is quite like like emotionally like touching and shocking and George C. Scott gives this amazing performance it it takes itself so seriously for a movie that features like Patrick Ewing as an angel but it really is quite quite a film is a once you see it you won't you'll will not forget it and kind of in the same vein, you could probably do a double feature. The House That Jack Built, Lars von Trier's movie, which I think most people heard of, even if they didn't watch it because the posters were so violent that people were complaining about it because it featured uh, like the actresses like like bound up, like obviously as corpses and stuff. Really creepy uh, film. It, it it's features Matt Dillon as the serial killer who's... Uh, and it's also it's Matt Dillon as a serial killer on one level and going through all like his murders and stuff. But also on this other level, he's having this conversation um, with Virgil and it's like Dante's Inferno and cool. Virgil is leaving him through hell. And they have these conversations about art and violence and mm. aesthetics and the nature of God. Really, really interesting movie, but incredibly brutal, not for the faint of heart at all as lo- obvious with a Lars von Trier. Are you into Lars von Trier at all, Jack? I haven't watched enough, you know. I, I am into Lars von Trier, and what I've seen uh, has been cool, um, but I haven't watched enough. Uh, uh, you know, always uh, an appreciator that he's, like, out there, though, yeah, but I, I, I haven't, like, done there. the full watch. <laughs> Up next, uh, Candyman, the original, the original. The new one sure. is out. Uh, Jack, you've seen it. Uh, you didn't like it. We're, we're going to talk about We're going to do an episode on it. Uh, in the future, ha- some people like the new one. Some people a little bit critical of it because the politics of the original just age so well, Jack. Right? They're just the original so- is so good, and and you know, I think I might have been tricked into liking the new one more if I hadn't watched the original oh, before okay. watching it. But then also, it I feel like the new one really does like presuppose you know it like is it's weird it's a weird movie because it feels like it wouldn't make as much sense if you hadn't seen the original but then also it's worse when you watch it after watching the original because <laughs> the original's so good yeah but we're going to be doing a full deep dive on it so if you haven't seen Candyman it's an absolutely fantastic film um slasher 
slash like Shakespearean kind of romance uh, set in the Cabrini Green uh, projects uh -huh. in Chicago. Heavily, you know, heavy themes of gentrification, of uh, uh, generational violence. Absolutely wonderful per performance by Tony Todd as the Candyman. Abs love it. One of my favorite horror movies. It's just great. It really is. It's like, you know, and that is also a cover I feel like I saw almost like Pinhead, the like B next to the I. I remember that one all always oh, when I was yeah. a kid being like, that's fucked up. And that it, B away from the I. And if you haven't seen the film, uh, yes, those big bees are real. They all they all did that shit for real. They did it for real. Yeesh. All right. Not the new one. Not the new one. <laughs> all right. And up next, this is an old one that I was reminded of recently. Uh, someone asked me about some black horror films. Candyman, technically not a black horror film. Story deals with blackness, but uh, mm -hmm. original short story written by... Clive Barker, but you know, he, he has his hood pass, I guess, uh, but was filmed by, you know, a white Brit, uh, British guy, did a wonderful job, but not uh, actually a black uh, film, but Death by Temptation, actually uh, the, uh, the director of it claims that, and I don't know if it's true or not, but he does claim that it is the first ever all black produced huh. horror film. Um, depending That's on how cool. you, that, and it's and uh, the director is James Bond the third. And let me tell you, Jack, this movie is actually really good, really fun. It was uh, the cinematography is by Ernie Dickerson, who did the cinematography for like all the early um, Spike Lee movies. So it, it immediately cool. has like this really like intense uh, yeah. look to it. Uh, uh, very uh, very 80s, uh, late 80s, early 90s look, but like a yeah. really distinctive version of it. Kooky plot. It stores uh, Kadeem Harrison, Sam Jackson, great cast, horny vampire, wow. like coming of age movie. But, oh, wow. but dig this. He directed that movie and it actually, you know, got, you know, critical acclaim. People loved it, but he never directed another movie. And I was listening to him on the Three Black Geeks podcast talk about this. He, he started as a child actor and he made this movie after, you know, working with Spike, Spike League and that sort of connection. And he said, you know, after I made that movie, I was getting I was getting offers to make movies, but it was like I was getting offers to make the third in this horror franchise or the fourth sure. iteration of this horror franchise. And it's like I just made the first ever all black produced horror movie. Why would I do something? Why would I spend my time doing something on that? So you combine that with also the usual Hollywood like start stop you know project yeah. cycle, and he just never directed never another, did anything. Never again. directed Damn. another movie in, in part just because he has some standards. He was like, I already did a fucking great movie. Why would I do some like wow. dog shit for money? Uh, by the way, also the name James Bond the Third. Oh, that's just great. a great name. Great <laughs> that's name. just a great name. That's a great name. I just Googled it, and it appears it might even be playing this month uh, here in L.A. Maybe I, I should go see. Maybe I should go see it in person. Yeah, it's getting a little bit of a renaissance. Thank goodness. Um, it's a. It's a. From what I remember, I haven't seen it in a while. It, it was a really engaging movie. I really, really liked it That's uh, as cool. a kid. Again, another movie, probably too horny to watch as a kid. But hey, <laughs> what do you do? All right. And speaking of, you know, a little bit more horny horror. Uh, John Carpenter with Prince of Darkness. Uh, have you seen this one, Jack? Have not. No, I'm a huge John Carpenter fan, but I haven't. You know, I haven't seen this one. This is a this is a quiet one. I really, but I really like this one. And sometimes oh, Donald Pleasance in there. We like that. We like to see Halloween's Donald Pleasance. Sometimes this is my favorite John Carpenter movie. For real. For real. Um, wow. I actually, the less you know going in, the better. The less okay, you know, I, know I, well, going in, the better. I'm going to close the tab. I just Googled it, but I'm going to close the tab now. But I will say, in general, it's a, it's a kind of a mix between like an exorcist movie through the lens of Lovecraft, uh, in, in fact, because uh, John Carpenter, obviously a big Lovecraft fan, but the, it does take place in this Catholic church. And man, the less you know, the better. But it's a very creepy movie. It's a perfect Halloween watch, actually. It's a perfect, perfect uh of as most as the many John Carpenter films are, but I absolutely love this one. Uh, I think we probably should do a whole episode on. We can probably pair that with In the Mouth of Madness too. Another one that people have been. Uh, uh, oh, I think people talk about In the Mouth of Madness more, but I actually think uh, Prince of Darkness a little bit better. I'm down. All right, and I got another couple of quick ones. Just these are these two horror movies. They're not the 
greatest horror movies you'll ever see. But the vibes are strong, and they're kind of new movies. And it's, you know what? If you just want to have a like a nice, cool, trippy kind of horror uh, evening, check out Housewife and Come True. Uh, they're both about these kind of ones that kind of Lovecraftian ones, a little bit more like Thomas Ligotti, but they're both about the power of dreams and nightmares feature a lot of trippy visuals. You can probably like turn off the, you could probably like mute the, you just put the subtitles on, put on some music. <laughs> like you're going to get like the movies aren't really about the plot as much sure. as the vibe. So make sure you want, you, you know, make sure you, maybe you want to have a couple of, you know, some snacks, you know, some uh, some you know, nice snacks that make you make you relax and ha- and vibe out to those too. <laughs> yeah, have a good time. Yeah. So, got a couple of TV shows to recommend. This one is okay. a this one's a YB special. Gotta give YB credit, mm-hmm. partner YB, who is the host of their own podcast. Uh, this is a true story uh, with YB. Uh, which you can check out on all your podcast feeds right now. They recommended this TV show called Evil. Evil. Now, Evil is a CBS show. It's on Paramount+. Plus. The thing that sold me on it is it's like basically like Hannibal that like your parents might watch. So it is kind of huh. like creepy and fucked up at times in a, in, a, in a way that you don't expect from your casual drama. But if you're looking for something to binge with maybe a horror horror-averse partner... Evil is a pretty good pick. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a little, it's like less weird. Like if, if Ryan is like a less weird Ryan Murphy, I would say. Less, less horny Ryan Murphy, actually. <laughs> not, 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 it's still horny, just not as horny. Just anymore. less, just, just less. Just less, just less. And uh, Jack, I know everybody's sick of zombies. Everybody's fucking sick yeah. of zombies TV show. What if I told you that there was actually a good zombie TV show? Would you believe um, me? I mean, I, I, I mean, I believe it because it's you. But if anybody else told me, I'd be like, OK, and then I'd probably go home and never think about it again. <laughs> Black Summer. It's on Netflix. It's got two seasons. It's actually a good zombie TV show. Mm. It keeps things moving. It's, it's great action. Great, you know, uh, camera work. But the thing that really struck me, Jack, and this uh, is a show that, you know, was filmed before the pandemic. It actually investigates a part of the zombie apocalypse that's usually not covered. It's a period of time from when the zombies are, you know, you know, out. This virus is spreading. People know the virus is spreading, but they're still going to work, going to their jobs. Wow. And doing, still, still got to go to work. Get still, in, go, the still doing going. everything. So it's I actually like about a slow collapse from a zombie virus i mean wow you, you can't beat this and that actually like just just aside from being topical it actually presents a lot of new like scenarios that you don't gen- genuinely uh genuinely see in like zombie and post-apocalyptic mo- movies because it's usually like post-apocalypse everything's gone to shit or is just store- starting this is like mid-apocalypse it's like right where we are now basically wow wow Okay, I like that. I definitely like the, like, well, there's a zombie apocalypse happening, but everyone's still got to go to work. (laughs) All right, and next up is a show I haven't had a chance to watch yet, but it's come highly recommended. And watch some of this guy's other stuff. His name is uh, Nick Antosco, and he's a writer. In fact, he wrote a short story that was the basis for the film Antlers that is uh, going to come out uh, this month. Antlers, and I think maybe Halloween Kills as well, probably the two big horror releases uh, be- besides Titan, if you want to see something in theaters. But his TV show, uh, uh, Brand New Cherry Flavor, on Netflix looks really, really cool. Really, re- a little bit similar to mm. Tatane. Uh, it's set in the 90s. Um, it, lo- it looks like Ryan Murphy... But like good, actually, right? And actually, and, and actually scary. He did. He worked on. He was one of the geniuses behind uh, Channel Zero, which, for my money, is still uh, probably the finest uh, horror uh, TV show besides Hannibal. Really, uh, I am really looking forward uh, to checking it out. It comes highly recommended from a lot of people. And next up, we have uh, the anime for Castlevania. Have you have you checked that out, Jack? I haven't watched it, but I know, people keep telling me oh. that, that it is like far. It is much much better than you think it was. Gonna oh be. no, it's great! It's great! It's wow, pos- it's one of the better anime series you're gonna watch. It's very 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 good. Uh, great characters. 
It's a really great show. I um, highly recommend it. We're probably going to do an episode uh, on it coming up. So, uh, Jack, you should probably put it in your anime queue. Okay. I know people have been there. people have been asking for a baby anime. Like they think I'm keeping oh, you. Wow. They think I'm holding the baby anime episodes <laughs> hostage. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. They think I like. I'm what like. What do they want? You, what do they want? I anything. One people are asking for like One Piece. They want like more One Piece. I mean, shit. Leslie, you should read. You should. You should take in all of One Piece. I think <laughs> it is time. It is time now for you to read all the manga. It's only over a thousand uh, issues. Yeah. Well, make sure check out uh, Castlevania. Absolutely, okay, a great I series. Will. Very similar uh, to Berserk uh, for the Berserk lovers out there. If you're looking for you know something kind of in the same vein, Castlevania is very very good. Lots of horror elements, but lots of fantasy. Feels a little bit like Robert E. Howard Conan uh, the Barbarian kind of stuff. Really good. And for fiction, I, I you know I love talking about sci-fi horror. Uh, Space Madness, Jack, you know, our event horizons. I've been yeah. reading uh, this series called Revelation Space by Alistair Reynolds, which is a very highfalutin like sci-fi series, kind of like the three body problem. Okay. But he like smuggles in like this Warhammer shit and this Dune oh, cool. shit and this Lovecraft shit. I like and it's, that. it's really cool. And so Galactic North, which sounds like a highfalutin sci-fi book, right? Um, is this collection of short stories. Now, one of the, the first short stories about the Great Martian Wall, you might want to skip that if you're looking for horror, but the rest are just this extreme fucked up body horror, like wow. ev- in this far-flung future where humanity, like, but basically every human being in the future is like a sociopath. So they're <laughs> always, like, they're always, they're constantly like, kidnapping each other and turning each other into monstrosities or taking over each other's mind like it's just everybody's like a fucked up piece of shit and it's just like really creepy a good 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 uh sci-fi horror uh jack did you you watch the annihilation right uh yeah i watched Annihilation. i read the book too actually oh you read the uh uh, the whole trilogy or just the first Uh, i just read the first one but i would i i would i like to i would actually like to pick it up again i haven't read uh, the whole trilogy yet oh this may be controversial but i'm gonna say don't bother don't bother. Wow. I found something better. I found something better. I found wow, okay. something. Don't bother. Just I, I don't bother. I found something that's basically the same thing, but better. Um, wow. If you like what is that? the Southern Reach trilogy, uh, check out uh, Caitlin Kiernan's Tinfoil Dossier uh, trilogy. Tinfoil Dossier. Which is, I mean, it's very similar. Not quite the similar similar premise be- with every you know conspiracy theory. So there's mentions of MK Ultra, Area 51, you know, Grays, but it's all leading to this like explicitly Lovecraft like apocalypse that just takes over the world. Like it starts off with like this uh, Charles Manson like cult, but then you're uh, it, the next chapter you jump and it's 300 years in the future and the sea has turned to basically come that spawns Chagos and like all sorts of bizarre shit. It's really, really good, fun read, fast read. Uh, Caitlin Kieran and they are one of, if not the finest uh, living uh, horror writers Absolutely, highly recommend anybody in the horror check them that out. That, cool. And this is a great uh, starting point. That sounds awesome. All right, and next up is a book that unfortunately only a few, a select few have right now. I have it now. You can pre-order it, but I let trust me when I say it's worth it. It's good. It's not like one of those video games. You know, you're not supposed to pre-order video games, right? But books you can pre-order. I think pre-ordering yeah. books okay. That's okay. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a more precarious uh, industry yes. than, than than gaming, I guess. Unless you wanna, unless you really do care about keeping GameStop alive, if you really <laughs> do, then then go pre-order games. But Manhunt by Gretchen Felker Marden, uh, scum believable on Twitter and Patreon. Make sure uh, to check her out. Follow her. She is an amazing writer and critic. And her new book, Woo, it's it's it is the uh, the pitch uh, the um, the Amazon description. This is a real book, folks. This isn't just you know some wow. you know just some personals. This is a major publisher, and, and I think she uh, she said she might actually be the uh, first uh, trans woman with a major horror. Uh, that's awesome. A uh, book coming out, but man, it's uh, I've sorry, it's so intense. And the premise of the story is is uh, that uh, every you know a person with a certain level of testosterone 
becomes like a rabid, like feral <laughs> monster. And so the wow. story follows two trans women who like have to find their hormones and have to harvest organs in order so that that doesn't happen to them. And so that's really wild, wild, intense, so that's intense great. from the first page. Gretchen, Gretchen just has you know, a savage mind uh, for horror. Uh, she's one of the, you know, the best uh, people uh, you can follow. And I'm, I'm so glad that uh, her book is uh, is going to be out soon. So please, please pre-order that. It, it looks yeah, really Yeah, that's great. worth a pre-order. That sounds worth a pre-order. And something you can check out right now, The Ballad of Black Tom by Victor Lavelle. And I want to mention this, you know, because we, we often talk about the the constant attempts to cancel Lovecraft, right? Like every mm -hmm. few, few months, someone's trying to remind you what the name of his cat was. Okay, well, I, yes, I get it. Yes. Like I I really would love if I could talk one time on Twitter about Lovecraft without someone reminding me of that. That would be nice because I I already know it. But Victor Laville, yeah, uh, great writer, literary writer as well, but also dived into horror uh, with the Bella Black Tom, where he actually takes Lovecraft's most racist story, the horror at Red, Cook, Red Hook, which is by far the most racist story mm. that Lovecraft ever did, and turns it on his head, has a black protagonist. Very, it's a novella, but it's a very breezy read. Very, very good horror. Highly recommend it. More people know what Lovecraft's cat was named than they do any of like the work that he's written. You know what I mean? I think people are more now familiar with what his cat was named than, uh, than with Cthulhu, even. Yeah. Yeah, we're over it. All right. But yeah, enough. staying on the Lovecraft vein, and, and I wanted to add one more thing. So this is a book that actually I, I discovered because my father used to carry it around when I was a kid, very young. And the covers would just be so like cool because they would feature like these vampire skulls with like these fangs coming down, like snakes through the wow. eyes and stuff. Like, wow. I was like, wow, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And those books were uh, the Necroscope series by Brian Lumley. And when you get in and read them, it's a very interesting take on vampires because he also ma he makes them also like 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 the thing as well. Like like they can change their sh flesh shape and they're actually like a parasite that infects creatures. The vampire itself is like a little spore that gets into you from a from a fungus. It's really weird and creepy. And they build these towers out of their human victims and flesh and all these creatures. It gets very fun and kind of sci-fi. It also takes place during the Cold War. So it's like there's these, so like we're supposed to be cheering on the Brits because the Russians are of course in league with the evil vampires. It's a very fun, like pulpy airport uh, read. And I would highly recommend those books. They're very fun. And, he, and Brian Lumley has done a ton of stuff. If you like Lovecraft, he's also done, he's one, of the, I think, one of the better modern writers of Lovecraftian uh, horror. So I know some people think the a Lovecraft writing was a little bit, you know, turgid at times. You might want to check out Brian Lumley. He can give you some of the same thing. All right. So now on to the next, which looks like it is short fiction. We got short fiction here. All right, so the short fiction were brought to us by the hosts of The Wrong Station, Jacob, Alexander, and uh, Anthony. Wrong Station is an excellent horror podcast uh, where it's just stories. It's just these really, really great short stories. They're all about 15 to 30 minutes long. Great for bedtime. Uh, well done and well written. I absolutely love them. And I asked them what are some of their uh, favorite short stories to check out. So they recommended... Uh, Tillises by H.P. Lovecraft and R.H. Barlow. That was a team up. Uh, it was like it was kind of like when you know Drake and Future did an album back then, Jack. Like a best of both worlds. Oh sort wow, of thing, wow. Yes. Uh, the Lamian Lord Chromis by M. John Harrison. That's a M. John Harrison's really interesting uh, writer. Very very weird uh, fantasy horror stuff. Uh, the Beast of Everone by Clark Ashton Smith. A very classic story. The Tooth. By Shirley Jackson. Everybody, you gotta you gotta read some Shirley, Shirley Jackson uh, during yeah. Halloween. Gotta read some Shirley Jackson. The Hospice by Robert Aikman, and uh, this is a this is one that's creeped me out since I was a kid. Uh, the Screwfly uh, the Screwfly Solution by James uh, Tipstree, aka uh, Alice uh, Sheldon. Have you ever read that one, Jack? 
No, I haven't. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I actually want to read all these because I haven't. Uh, I'm not familiar with almost any of these. Well, it's a really creepy one where uh, it's kind of, is a long form alien invasion. In, the, in uh, I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but man, it's a really, really good one. It's always haunted me for a while. We'll have to talk about it at the end of the month, I guess. Yeah, maybe I'll, uh, yeah, I'll read it this month. Oh, getting into some comic book horror for this month. And these ones I have read. Oh, yes. <laughs> now we finally get to a screen where I'm like, I've read a lot of these. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So, of course, we got Alan Moore's From Hell scheduled yeah. Wednesday night. Me, Jack, Will Miniker, we're talking from oh, Hell. Oh, wow. From okay, Hell. Okay, cool. That's great. From Hell, great. that will be on uh, Struggle Session Presents Alan Moore uh, coming right. up next week. Uh, so yeah. please check it out. Wonderful. Alan Moore did just by himself what it took all the case breakers to do, you know, with the Zodiac guy. Well, uh, and just decided who the killer was. <laughs> and I think he's right, too. To be oh, honest look, I'll, I'll break down the case. I'm sorry, but Alan does get it wrong. He does get it wrong. He's not. the. He's a great writer. Not that much of a mind hunter. Uh, OK, so. not a mind hunter. OK, wow. So you say, you know, we got to recommend some Junji Ito. Hellstar oh, yeah. Remina. Please check that out. That's a really great cosmic horror one. One of his trippier ones. Uh, he has a lots of good uh, stuff. I also censor recently came out. They're putting out this Junji Ito uh, like it's going on a style. I'm glad he's kind of picked up, uh, you know, popularity here in the West. Remina is so cool. Like the idea of it, like a, an evil planet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh this is one that's been recommended to me. I haven't read it myself. I've just checked out a couple of pages, and it looks creepy as fuck. Uh, Ice Cream Man. Have you heard about this comic? I don't know this one. This no, one no. is like, I just looked this up, and man, it's like one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. It looks real, real good. I'm going to be reading that myself, but one I'm, ve yeah. one I'm very familiar with, close to my heart, Batman Red Rain. Uh, you can actually pick this up now, um, and it's called Batman Elseworlds Trilogy Volume 2. But it's uh, Batman Red Rain, uh, um, Crimson Mist, and, and I forget the other one. But it's the three-story Elseworlds stories where Batman's a vampire. Uh, they're by Kelly Jones and Doug Minch. Incredible art. Brutal violence. Uh, loved these stories as a kid. What can be better? What is cooler than Batman uh, turned into a vampire? I don't know. I mean, it's great. It really. It. It's just. It's you know. It's uh, it's it's like the kind of premises they used to do <clears throat> when like the Superman writer would just get um, pitches from kids on the stoop. Like it really is like just what you you know exactly what you've always wanted. <laughs> Batman is a vampire. vampire. Yeah. And rounding out our comic selection. Black is the Color by uh, Julia Grofer. This is a really haunting uh, comic, black and white, uh, about uh, the shipwrecked sailor who is like haunted by these mermaid, this mermaid who keeps dis visiting him, right? And he's like falling in love with her, and she's just kind of like watching him die and like not doing anything about it because she doesn't like care. It's a very, very Great, wow. fantastic art. Uh, great, great story. Absolutely, I love it. Please uh, check that out. Let's see here. So now on finally to the final one. And we got a lot here. A lot of them here. Um, All uh, right. Games. Let's talk video games. I mean. <laughs> Let's do it. Horror right. video What are these? I haven't heard of some of these. All right. So we talked uh, last year, I think, about the tension, the Taiwanese game, and the sequ uh, somewhat sequel that was supposed to come out, Devotion which was actually pulled from the Steam store because it had, like, a funny meme about Z. I think you, you probably heard about this, Jack. It had, like, Z as a Winnie the Pooh. And so oh. they pulled Well, it. that'll get you. You it, can't do that. You can't do she as Winnie the Pooh. You can't do that. But it actually is now released. It's called Devotion. It's um, redcandlegames.com, I think it, uh, you can find it. But you can buy it now, and it's scary, scary as hell. These games are f super freaky. Looks awesome. Yeah, really, really good. In a similar vein, the you, uh, Fatal Frame, great old school horror series from the day. Uh, they've released a remastered version of, I think, the one that came out on Wii, uh, Fatal Frame, Maiden of Black Water. 
not the best Fatal Frame, but it's something that's out if you want to play something new and get that feeling because those games are scary as hell. Have you? Did you ever uh, play in the Fatal Frame? I just don't know them, no. They're like, yeah, so I'm being fucking, exposed to so much new stuff here. They're so fucking scary because it's just like you just have a camera against these co ghosts and they, oh, they wow. just fuck you up. Um, that seems cool. And I recommend uh, also another old school game, uh, Legacy of Cain Blood Omen. Just came out. Well, I on, like the Legacy of Kane game. Yeah, so I haven't played this new one, but I do like those games. Well, it's not a new one. It's the first one. It's the first one in the series. Oh, the first they one. Okay, so I've played. I played the second one. Yeah. Yeah. So they put out. Uh, you probably played Soul Reaver, but they put out. That's right. I've played Soul Reaver. Yeah. So Blood Omen, which was originally on um, uh, PC and um, PS One, uh, they just put out on G put it on GOG. So now people can finally uh, play the original. I'm gonna be check it. Hope it. I hope it has a uh, controller support, but otherwise I can just emulate it. But yeah, that's cool. Sweet. And speaking of the PS One era, you know, there's been there's been kind of this renaissance in these PS One style horror games. Yeah. And I want to recommend a couple. They have a good look. I mean, they, it is like a good look. The kind of Parasite Eve, Resident Evil kind of era of uh, of games. It looks good for horror. Yeah. So I want to recommend a Chasing Static and Bloodwash, which are two games. Chasing Static is a little bit more like a sci-fi uh, horror. Uh, you know, one uh, horror hide survival games. And Bloodwash is like you're hunted by a serial killer called the Womb uh, Ripper. And oh, Jesus. Very, you know, in your face, Giallo uh, type horror stuff. Yeah, I've played a little bit both. Very, very creepy. Jack, you've been, have you been streaming any horror games lately? Uh, I was playing a little bit of Resident Evil 3 <clears throat> just the other day, which I haven't, uh, I, I didn't get through the remake of Resident Evil 3 yet, but um, the nemesis is back and uh, <laughs> he's a little more fucked up than ever. Oh, no. You've been, we've been finding that motherfucker for a while. I mean, now he can, like, bust through walls. He, like, did, like, a Spider-Man jump, which I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was running away from him, and he, like, hops in front of you and, like, hangs off the building. I'm like, the nemesis is too agile now. Now, Jack, I do want to issue this challenge to you again. You, you've been playing the remakes. Yeah. Will you play the original Resident Evil sometimes? I mean, Leslie, the reason I didn't get through um, this Resident Evil 3 remake... Um, is because I just last year did play through the original. I played through the the remake of Resident Evil One, but the remake of Resident Evil One, that's you'll fine. remember, yeah, that's... is far more like yeah, the original. That's, that's I played through two uh, on a PlayStation emulator. Oh, cool! I played through three on a PlayStation emulator, and then I went back and did Code Veronica. Code Veronica. More slightly more canceled of a plot than I remembered it being, but still, it still is very, very uh, solid gameplay wise, and it's cool to have the camera move along and everything. Cool, cool. But actually, Jack, you I, you should go back and play the director's cut of Resident Evil. It actually is really. I think it's the one I've played the most. Actually, it's a really. You mean the original director's cut the, of Resident yeah, Evil? Yeah, the original director's is quite playable. Actually, I mean, if, I played it. I mean, listen, I've, I've, I've. Yeah, I might go back and do it just because the the look is so cool. Yeah, I so love fun. the locked cameras, like. I know people really hate the tank controls, and I get it. I do get it. You know, when they did the remake and there was kind of the, the screen um, relative tank controls, they definitely were better. But but I love the locked-off cameras. I feel like the camera angles add to, to add to the horror a lot. Yeah, well, this is what I want to add on um, right now to our list. Tormented Souls. I think, uh, it's on, I think it's only on PC, and it's basically just like... We're trying to make another Resident oh, Evil cool. the exact same way. It's a overwhelmingly <laughs> positive uh, uh, support on it. I think the, there's a free demo. I played the demo and I was like, "Wow, whoever these people are, like they just nailed it. They just like they made a new Resident <laughs> Evil game." Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a bummer because you know when they did that Resident Evil remake and even Resident Evil Zero, you're like, "Damn it!" Like looks really good like when they're when they had good graphics like the really good character models with the high-res backgrounds yeah. you're like they won't go back to it but it like looks really really good to do that old style yeah yeah tormented uh souls probably looks mo most like the resident evil remake which i think is like the best looking one and maybe like on the ps4 i still think it's like the best looking game on ps4 zero is not the best gameplay but it it does it but look wise i think it's a very nice resident evil and it kind of gives you a feeling of like damn what could have been yes. you know what i mean we could be in the world now with like 
like full 4K rendered backgrounds and the characters oh. looking real. I mean, come oh, on, come it would on. look good. It would be so much better, so much better. They could shoot it in real life. They could get a get a house and shoot 4K video of lock off images and stuff like that. That'd be great. I'll re- and now I want to recommend two games uh, to people. They're free if you uh, bought into the Xbox or PS4 uh, ecosystem. Uh, Visage on Xbox, which seems like a very, very, a very, very uh, scary, spooky kind of walking simulator uh, type horror game, and Mortal Kombat X on uh, PlayStation. Now, Jack, you got a PlayStation. You got PlayStation Plus, from what I understand. Yes. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And um, we got, we, we're supposed to be like doing, you know, some kind of ongoing competition between you and I about fighting games. And fighting games. Look, and I, MKX, I have been it playing. It is a horror game. <sighs> horror game. It's got Pinhead. It's got Leatherface. I've got, I've got Mortal Pinhead, Kombat 10 on my PlayStation. I got MK11. I actually rebought because it was like on sale. And I was like, you know, these are such good couch co-op games. I was like, I'll spend 25 bucks to get MK11 again. Now, of course, I probably have to spend another 15 to get like the Joker and everything <laughs> like that. But whatever. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna hook up. We're gonna link up. Maybe we'll do a stream uh, yeah. playing. I was uh, asking people like, what horror character? If uh, Nether Realms were going to do a horror fighting game, what character would would you want in it? What horror you know icon would you want to put in it? Oh, in uh, in another one of these, damn! Um, if it was just all horror, because they've done. Le- if it was all horror, just all horror fighting against yeah. each other, yeah. Because they have Leatherface, they have uh, Predator, Alien. Uh, who else did they have in that one? I think they, they have they done Jason. They did Terminator, which I guess is light. Oh, you know who'd be great for a, for a fighting game, almost like Kirby, like the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people were saying the thing would be very good. I was thinking the tall man uh, from Phantasm would be really neat. Lots of good, lots of good horror characters. I is money on the table. It's money on the table. Uh, yeah. Yeah, at least until uh, maybe not now because Disney owns half these characters. But you know what now. they would also have to do, honestly, is the uh, like the Scream Queens and stuff like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean, got, like they should have oh, some of the some of the survivors percent, and stuff. Uh, Alien versus Predator. So now I like them's character from Alien versus Predator. I actually will want yeah. a little bit more than Ripley. I mean, Ripley. You want Ripley in there, honestly? Yeah. Get to get to have just you the hand Ripley to hand too. fight against Alien. Buffy. I want Buffy in there. I absolutely want to see <laughs> Buffy. I don't know what I don't know what Sydney from Scream. Chucky, I want Chucky. Chucky would be Chucky is a also an oh, interesting yeah, Chucky fighter as a little tiny guy. You could get some Giallo villains uh, in there as well. Yeah. I think um, Hannibal Lecter, perhaps the Grudge, and it would just oh, be like the dripping from the so top good. of the ceiling and stuff like that. The Grudge would be so so good. <laughs> also, what's her name? Uh, uh, the Ring Girl. The Ring. The Ring. Dude, I mean, can you do the Grudge and the Ring? I feel like that. That's kind of an overlap. I feel like. Well, they did Grudge versus they Ring, did, didn't they? they? Did. There was a Grudge versus. Maybe I Ring. need. I haven't seen it, so maybe I'm talking out my ass. Maybe I need to go back and look at the p- different powers and see. Oh no, they would play completely differently. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right, and big horror game coming out this week, but sadly, Jack, I'm actually not really recommending mm. it because it's sixty goddamn dollars for a Metroidvania. All right, Jeez. Metroid Dread. I'm sure it's a great game. Inexcusable price. This is the most I That's think Nintendo. that any 2D Metroidvania has ever been. I really, uh, in at least since you know that was like a major since the 2D era, I should say. Um, maybe Sega Saturn, maybe some PS1 games, but certainly maybe some PS2 games. But man, sixty dollars for this Metroid Dread. You don't have to spend it, folks. I got a list of other Metroidvanias you can play with horror, horror. Because I also, uh, well, we're on a, we're on a, we're on a, uh, a network now, so I won't say there's other ways you could play it for free too. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. But uh, Castlevania Advance Collection, which actually is another 2D Game Boy game, but it's only twenty dollars, and it's actually three games, and these games are amazing. I've been playing a uh, Circle of the Moon, like all of these, really, really uh, hold up. Twenty bucks. If you don't want to spend 60 bucks on Dread, buy that. But also check out, uh, you might want to check out Ender Lilies, which is a very, very cool visual art style. Um, Vigil Longest Night, same thing, a very uh, Lovecraftian, Dark Souls type inspired 2D game. Grime, which is really, really like a horror uh, sci-fi game. 
uh, Salt and Sanctuary, which I always recommend as a 2D Souls type, and Source of Madness, another Lovecraft-based uh, Metroidvania. So you have a lot of options, and all those games are like 15 to $30, okay, made by small teams. I don't know what the fuck uh, Nintendo's trying to get away with here. Wow. Well, Nintendo's pulling their bullshit. You know, they tricked me, you know, not not too long ago into buying an emulated version of Mario 64 and a badly emulated version of Mario Sunshine oh, no. for $60. Oh, so, no. um, you know, we're we're uh, some of us are stupid out here. Limited time offer. Yeah. All right. So lots of people gave us recommendations for this episode. I want to thank Ogre Mode, Sand Sandwich, Emma, of course, Eric the Red, Zangief, Zeb Bench, Ungo Goblogian, German Dipshit, The Sleezoys Podcast, and of course, Wrong Station, Jacob Alexander. Anthony, thank you so much for helping us out with our horror list for this month. Jack, thank you so much for joining me today on Star Of course. Have a good one. Always a good time, yeah. Talk to you later, everybody. Peace.